Hello, and welcome to Geek Cinema Podcast, a podcast where my friends and I have a conversation over geeky, nerdy, and fanboy or fangirl movies alike. We're not experts or an educational podcast. We're just a group of friends who like talking about sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and superhero movies. And we're back to our third episode over our um, October horror series um, over the 80s icons. We're doing A Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, We did an episode over Child's Play. And we did an episode over Hellraiser. And you can go back and check out both of those. We go over the movies as well as some of the sequels and just the icons themselves. Um, If you enjoyed this episode, please go leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe. And you can find all of our social media links in the description down below. Um, So before we get going, there are major spoilers for A Nightmare on Elm Street as well as The Sixth Sense. And I'm just going to say I'm not sure which uh, other Elm Street movies had major or minor spoilers. It was really hard to tell because I've never seen any of them. Uh, That was, um, we just talk about it. So if you don't want spoilers for those, you might skip but you know how important are those movies really yeah you can go watch them all if you want to before this um anyway hope you enjoy it um let's go join myself everett um uh, with my friends brandon matt and cc for a nightmare on elm street enjoy the conversation Right before that bug came and destroyed everything. I remember in 2005, I still had dial-up internet because I don't think Wi-Fi was out yet. But it took me two hours to load the Star Wars Episode Three trailer. Oh, man. Two fucking hours. Nowadays, you can download the movie in less than an down- hour. Yeah, you can just download the movie. <laughs> Another reason for this is terrible. how good 15 minutes to download a photo. I remember oh, just yeah. walking into the room and looking at the computer. Be like yeah, one line at a time of the photo. I remember that. Welcome back to Nostalgia Talk <laughs> with uh, <laughs> yeah, Matt, exactly. Brandon, Everett, and Cece. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. No. But we do have Brandon back no. once again no. for 80s no. icons. Hello. Uh, second week in a row, uh, Cece, mm-hmm. how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Welcome back. I Enjoying feel like I know you. Somebody's now. challenging my record episode. of appearing two weeks in a row. I see. Uh, Matt is back. <laughs> our local horror nord, horror nerd. That was weird. Nord. That was weird. Yeah, nord. I think, I think I had a stroke. <laughs> horror nord. 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 Uh, we're gonna continue our '80s icons uh, series with him and see if we can once again get him to say say that the Nazis were okay in what they were doing. <laughs> you stop that. Oh my god. <laughs> you stop that. I forgot about that. Uh, wow. All Everett right. clearly didn't forget. No. No. I never forget. Never a, forget. A Nazi sympathizer. He's an elephant in disguise. <laughs> so, bitch. what have you watched this week, Everett? <laughs> Me? Yeah. Oh, you want to know what I watched? Well, I went to the theater twice this weekend. I know. Uh, I saw today. I saw the Sisters Brothers, mm-hmm. which is an indie western uh, starring Joaquin Phoenix and John C. O'Reilly. Now you John know, C. Riley. I saw your I saw your Instagram mm-hmm, that Joaquin mm-hmm. needs more roles, and you know he's the Joker, right? Yes, I'm okay. very excited for that. So he really? has a role. Interesting. Have you yeah. seen the set oh, photos? No. Yes, I have. I just don't know how I feel about it. I don't either. Uh, obviously, I am aware of DC and Warner Brothers' uh, dark past. 
uh, and, yes, and, you are. And, and painful experiences that I've been through with those. You mean uh, present? It's not past. It's still happening. No, it's kind of the past. Eh, I don't think it's going to happen anymore. I think the, yeah. We yeah. saw to Aquaman. Don't worry. Yeah, but you know, everybody. <laughs> everything I've seen is everybody says Aquaman looks like it's going to be pretty good. I remember people saying about Shazam is going to be really good. Mm-hmm. This is everybody's word on the internet. Nobody seems to like be like, oh, these are going to be terrible just like everything else because it seems like they're separating themselves from the DCEU. Have you guys... Like, well, I know okay. you haven't. Have you seen the Shazam trailer? Mm-hmm. I think it's just fucking cringy. Really? No, I yeah. like it. I like it. You're dead. Like, that was the <laughs> best line. You're dead. Huh. I don't uh, know. I, I saw dark. parts of it uh, while uh, with my headphones in at the theater and I, I thought it, it looked pretty good to mm-hmm. me I don't know. it I looked agree. fun it looked fun we'll see mm. it looked very 80s mm-hmm. i'll say that so sisters brothers yep very good what we'll about see. brothers sisters that's the prequel oh right that's the prequel uh no yeah it's just it um it was a western that uh it doesn't it reaches outside of the normal western tropes like you actually get to see the dangers outside of guns mm-hmm. in it uh that was cool and um uh, it's kind of a mystery, and it's like a it's fun. It's a, it's fun. It's got some laughs, got some cries, got some some suspense, all the above. Go see it. I thought you were gonna so, rhyme there, like oh, I I I got some laughs, it's got I'm, some cries. I'm, I'm not a hip hop hip hopper. It's got some burgers and fries. I'm not yeah. a poet. <laughs> I definitely know fries it. is the only thing that goes with it. Uh. Um, and then yesterday I saw First Man. That was really good. I uh, I've. Trent's got me into IMAX. Oh, I, I used to not really Sorry. care about it, uh-huh. uh, but since uh, he's he's taken me to a few, like he he asked me and Kyle to go see uh, Mission Impossible. Uh, Brandon, we saw Infinity took War. Took me to see Infinity War earlier yeah. this year, and then I've I, I'm doing the A list at with AMC, and every format is available for it to be used for your three a week. Huh. Even IMAX. So I think the last thing I saw in IMAX was the RoboCop remake, and I was just not. I don't know. Yep, but it is good. It's really good. Uh, it's not what you expect. It has nothing to do really with the moon landing. It's more so just about uh, Neil Armstrong's journey to the moon landing. So it's isn't, very emotional. Isn't cool. that Ryan Gosling? Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Okay. Oh, I forgot. Hi, Ryan Gosling's my. Oh, he's great. Now go watch Drive. I'll go watch Drive. You still now. haven't seen Drive. I still haven't seen it. Yeah, well, you I'm, I'm watch trying that. to get through the 31 movies this month. Yeah, you I can't put focus that on maybe anything in else. a horror. I would because I mean this it's got a, some pretty fucking brutal scenes. It's it's kind of a thriller. Suspenseful, brutes. yeah. Totes brutes. Yeah, I have to look away. Okay, I, is it pretty bad? No, no it's not. It's it's everything's in your mind. It's all it all happens off camera pretty much, mm. but you hear like the. Like it's the face as somebody's getting beat up, and it's just the you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Suspense. Mm-hmm. So, gotcha. Anything else? Oh, you want to know my thirty-one days? I do. Uh, I do. That's why I'm. Mm-hmm. Couple days. Four days. Uh, four days. Wow. Yeah. It's, I'm, it I'm now yeah. to three days. Uh, day thirteen is three. what the last one yeah. I did. Uh, I until today. Today, day fourteen. Nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. which uh, I'll talk about in a minute with you guys. Um, so the last thing I talked about was Jeepers Creepers, day 10. Day 11, after we did our podcast, I pulled Seth by the ear and said, hey, you're going to watch this movie with me. And what I showed him was What We Do in the Shadows. Good one. Dead but delicious. Instant classic. Uh, mm-hmm. After seeing Thor Ragnarok last year, I had to go find all of Taika Waititi's movies, and I did. And this one 
is arguably my second favorite. Cece, I need you to chime in. No, I'd rather not. (laughs) You didn't like it. Tell us why. Oh, no. Come on. Let me me go back to my notes on that one because that is a type of movie that I completely erased from my mind. Fuck. <laughs> That's why I brought you it know. up because we have a very like I'm more on Everett's side. Like I really I don't know if I would say it was a classic, but I really liked it. Mm-hmm. I, it's a movie that I can watch. Oh, okay. watch. I'll watch it so, anytime anyone puts it on. This movie this movie was supposed to be funny. Mm-hmm. Emphasis on supposed. And uh, I just couldn't get on it. It's like why why is this so is this movie so raped? What is behind it all that I'm missing, uh, but I I just find it dull. <laughs> I I stopped it like ten thousand times and I went back at it and saw it twice and it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> I just no. It was a very very no movie for me, even if it has a high rating on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever. It was such a dull movie to me hmm. one shed one tear for that are you a fan you. of comedies at all yeah okay all right that's fair i like i like silly horror uh comedies much like your friend there um what was it do party massacre three Dude, that party was massacre amazing three. it's I awful so <laughs> but it's much fun with have that. you seen uh this one is like no have you seen murder party no, I've seen it on Netflix. But... I watched it for the first time. It's actually pretty good. Okay. It's different. Uh, but yeah, what we do in the shadows, though, that's funny that you mention it because that's the first movie I watched in my apartment when I moved out like years ago. And I rented funny. it from Redbox. Well, my roommate rented it. He returned it. I went back and rented it again because I wanted to watch it again. Mm-hmm. I ended up just fucking keeping it and just paid for it. Yeah. So I had the Redbox. Isn't that like $20? <laughs> Fuck it. I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> I think once it's in it the got $5 to like dollar bin at Walmart right now. I know, but like once it so once it got to like day, I don't think four of me having it, I was like, "Fuck it!" <laughs> at this right. point, I might as well just keep it because I mean the price. I don't know. I was like, "Yeah, whatever." Right. All yeah. right. So that was day eleven. What about day twelve? Yep. Day twelve is when I watched Phenomena. That's what I thought by Dario Argento. <laughs> All right. Um, Matt, you're the Italian horror guy. You even started a podcast and did. Two episodes? Two, yeah. I, <laughs> I haven't I done have it more since script, April. <laughs> I have more scripts and have not done it. No, I just, I, I've had a lot going on. Yeah, no, no, no problem. Uh, you showed me one of this director's movies, Suspiria, in yes. theaters uh, last October. Halloween. Yeah, well, October 4th. I really liked that movie. I had a lot of fun with it. It felt really cool. The cinematography and lighting was awesome. Um, it was really creepy in moments of the movie and phenomena. How many messages did you get from me during that movie? Uh, about 10, which is unusual. It's very unusual because I don't text during movies, but this movie was so hard to just watch because it was ugly for one. The The cinematographer, I, I tried looking him up and he didn't have a, a long list of credits. Was it Tavoli? Oh boy. Um, 
you're asking me to go to Wikipedia for that one because uh, you keep talking, I'll look it up. Um, it just looked terrible, and Suspiria looked awesome, so that was I, upsetting. I uh, had assumed the other guy must have died or something. Where did you watch it first off? Prime Video. Bad idea. In the qualities, the, the qualities. Well, it wasn't like it was pixelated or anything. No, it was just the the lighting and stuff made it look like. It looked like it was filmed like a soap opera. It looked like it was filmed on uh, CBS daytime television cameras. So, okay, so, Ro- oh, Roman Albini. Uh, he did an Inferno and a few other small films. Um, Inferno's amazing and looks easily as good as Suspiria. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is that you're watching an, a very old scan of that film where mm-hmm. they didn't do any color correction or anything like that. The Synapse release they put out uh, like two years ago, mm-hmm. which is what I own, looks amazing. Like that's what I would have brought over. If you said you want to watch Phenomena, I would have brought that over because it it looks it's very vivid. It's a very pretty film. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I I just had so many complaints yes, uh, during this movie. Um, like for one, the actors for the most part are terrible. Uh, they feel so flat and just their delivery is just especially uh jennifer connelly's roommate in this she is awful um and then there's so i gotta say i like iron maiden they're 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 probably one of my favorite metal bands of all time and they have this song in there twice by them and it's a fast metal song during the slowest parts of the movie. I right, swear. where she's like walking in the night the yeah. first time. And then the second time she's like trying to reach this phone cord with a long pole mm. and it should be this suspenseful moment. And it's just this fast, like <laughs> upbeat music. Yeah. Like, what are we, why is this? And then there was another moment like that with like this fast, like uh, electronic type song. It sounded like. Uh, is it when the t- bugs come around? Yeah, it sounded yeah. like Take On Me, but like with more of a spooky tone. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's just a slow scene with this fast, upbeat song. I was like, well, this do- does not work for me, guys. <laughs> You're not setting the right tones. If you So Deep Red gives you kind of an intro to that film. Mm-hmm. Like they kind of present some of the ideas that are further explored by Phenomena. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I suggest you watch that one first initially before you jump into Phenomena because it kind of opens your, like, you see Phenomena through, like, I see Phenomena through a different lens after watching Deep Red. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm probably going to watch it because, I mean, it is his highest rated one mm-hmm. and I, I the poster is interesting. I think you would like his, I mean, Deep Red's more of a crime thriller. It's a giallo, you know what I mean? It's more of a crime thriller than a horror film. Same thing with Cat of Nine Tells and Bird with Crystal Plumage. And Opera? Opera, opera is a jello, but it kind of has its moments like phenomena where you got to take a few leaps of faith, but it is a better, you would probably like it more than phenomena. Okay. Got it. So Cece and I I like phenomena. I would ask you a question now, Everett. Okay. Are you willing to go see the new version of Suspiria? This is uh, a controversial subject. Yes, this is. Between I don't us. know. Well, yeah, here I've said it a thousand times on this podcast. I hate remakes. I do not understand uh, why they I keep love you. doing I mean... it. Actually, uh, no, I do understand. It's because it's an established thing that has already made money in the past, so they can do it again, supposedly, and they don't have to. The the they don't have to hire a bunch of writers. They only have to hire one or two. 
Yeah, but Suspiria isn't something that made a lot of money. True, and it was an Italian film originally. Um, Fox just did the distribution, so they made some money, but they didn't make a, they didn't make a lot. Um, if anything, here's my thing. It's an American adaption, essentially. It's an American, essentially, and Amazon Studios is behind it, and yeah. here's why I think it's worth your time. Is because if you followed Argento through his quote Three Mothers trilogy, mm-hmm. right? Which he kind of kind of didn't exactly kinda of did, but kinda of didn't have in mind whenever he did Suspiria, right? He had a vague idea. This takes that idea and kind of what he wanted to do with it and presents it and maybe a better formulated idea and like uh formed version. Like it's more it's more of it's more connecting like whereas with uh Suspiria Inferno and uh Mother of Tears you kind of have to it's not it doesn't all connect it does but it doesn't you know what I mean it does if you look hard enough but otherwise you would never know they're necessarily related right and this presents all three mothers existing in the Suspiria world I guess my main thought on this one like I don't like any movie really being remade uh I, I honestly it's hard for me to think of any that I've enjoyed uh, I guess Ghostbusters is technically a remake, and I liked that. Um, I think you will like The Fly when we get there. Oh uh, yeah, I'll probably like The Fly. Um, but it's for me thinking thing. about Suspiria. It seemed like a lot of the mm, icon of it mm-hmm. isn't necessarily the story. No, it's the, the look visual. of it, the visuals, the lighting, the cinematography. All that is what mm-hmm. kind of stands out as it. So it's like, how do you remake? a look they they have a very interesting look to this new film like it doesn't quite look like anything it's kind of drab but it's got it's got some really deep reds and just i don't know like it's got this kind of eerie look to it hmm. but Cece is not a fan at all she's no. probably not gonna ever see it uh, no i didn't say that i did say that I probably will not go to the theater to watch it. Right. But my main concern is the leading actress. I yes. really don't like Dakota Johnson at all. And first of all, I don't like remakes. And it bothers me even more when I consider the original movie to be as fantastic as it is. So it's like, for me, it's hard for a remake to actually reach the level of the original. Mm-hmm. So I don't even bother. Yeah, uh, for me, I'll, I'll wait for the reviews and see. I'll drag you to hell. That's right. Uh, <laughs> so any more questions? And do you have any other movies? No, no. You mean Day 13? Yeah. Uh, day 13, I sat down and watched The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Which yes. I've been—it's been on my list for a long time, mm-hmm. a long, long time. Because you know, it's on all the like uh, IFC or IFC one hundred one uh, to see yeah, before you die, AFI yeah. top one hundred, yeah, everything you should see before you die. Uh, I think it's number two on Rotten Tomatoes top one hundred horror movies. Number one being Get Out. Oh. Um, and I watched it on Prime. Mm-hmm. Bad move because yes. it the well, there's a few di- with Prime it's weird like they have different versions because there's different distributors different have distributors the rights and the one that domain. is free with Prime looks like it was ripped from a VHS tape yes and it was 
so hard to watch, but it still, the movie was good enough to where it still got me in. Mm-hmm. Like I was very interested. It's like so creepy, uh, almost mostly because of the art. Mm-hmm. Like, because, you know, uh, the, the set designs are like so nightmare like and German expressionism. Yeah. It, it's, it's incredible to, uh, just see. Um, but yeah, I like Dr. Caligari actually is one of the creepiest villains. I, I like I've seen and, and he's a, a old black and white silent film character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mainly the, you have that vibe on those type of films because it was all based on theater. They had the mm-hmm. same visuals that if you were going to see a play at a right. theater. This is very first semester of college. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I liked it. Did, I you know, did you know there's a sequel to it? Nope. Came, they did this really weird sequel where he comes, somehow his consciousness or something comes back through his daughter. They made it in the 80s, and it's just called Dr. Caligari. I've never seen it, but it's one of those ones that like I've always wanted to track down to see. Because how do you make a sequel to a film like that fifty some odd years later? Right. But we did an episode of our late sequels long ago. Yeah, we <laughs> That's did. A very late sequel. Brandon, what about you? I only watched one movie and I just watched uh Don't Breathe. Don't That's breathe. It. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's it. Just been busy with work, so oh. I watched a few, and Cece and I watched one in common. Cece, what have you watched besides that one? Um, one of my Halloween movies, that is The Craft. Ah, That's a good one. From the 90s. Have you seen that, ever? Is it a witch movie? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm, nope. With Nev Campbell. I have, like, three movies that I watch every Halloween or October because they are all on TV, on cable, 24-7. The Craft. Hocus Pocus and Casper. Those are my three <laughs> Halloween movies that I always watch. And today was The Craft. I can get behind one of those. Oh, wait. Do you not like Hocus Pocus? Nope. Everett That's hates right. Hocus Pocus. That's right. There's an episode yeah. about Everett's loathing I don't know if it. I said I hated it. I hated the other one. You hated Halloween Town. You yes, thought that was Hocus garbage. Pocus was... Uh, it was meh. okay. Yeah. I haven't seen Halloween Town. I still need to watch The Craft. You do. It's really Like, good. definitely. So I watched... Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, which is a classic. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised we haven't talked about it here. I guess we haven't. No, I'm surprised we haven't. Because, I mean, that with as big of a culture surrounding that. Right, and we talked about Child's Play uh, the other week. Mm-hmm. And that shares uh, the lead. Yes, it does. Chris Sarandon. Um, so I watched that. And then I watched Hotel Transylvania. <laughs> Adam Sandler seen, movie. <laughs> yeah, have you seen Hotel Transylvania? Has anybody seen that? They have like three of them now. Yeah, yeah the, the third, third one, one just came, came out. out. Was number nine, I believe, in our summer box office mm-hmm, bets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it was. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of goofy monster mash fun. It's a good way to introduce uh, somebody who's not into like a like a younger person into horror like whenever we were kids that was kind of like the gateway was kind of like monster squad or at least mm-hmm. where i you've seen monster i've squad. seen monster squad okay yeah, yeah we we talked about yeah. the universal monsters last year and we, we i think we talked about how it's like can you connect those guys to the youth of today mm-hmm. 
Hotel Transylvania does that. Huh. And it does it in a very, in a few actually really smart, surprising ways. Um, Dracula has this. So Dracula is, his wife is murdered by humans, convinced humans are all bad. They have a daughter. He raises this daughter in, in his big castle. He adds on to the castle to make a, like a haven for um, the monsters to come and visit like one week out of the year as a ho- quote hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you think I'd like it? Did you like Despicable Me? Uh, yeah, for the most part. Okay, or like uh, Up? No, it's not as good. <laughs> it's like Up. <laughs> it's not like Up. It's just like Up. Um, it's not nearly this. It's not near nearly the sensory overload as like a Batman. It's more like it's more like uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Oh, so it's fun. Your phone is doing that thing, Brandon. God um, damn it, Brandon! <laughs> I think I actually have it. <laughs> Hotel Transylvania. Uh, I was looking up there. I'm not sure if it's here. And then I watched something else, and CC watched it too, and it was uh, weird. <laughs> well, it's an it's so explain this film a little bit or not explain it but this is a this is an argentinian production correct yeah okay. it was made in 2017 and is one of the very few horror movies that we made uh on that year and this year and do you want me to explain the plot or do you want to go in depth with that because i'm really curious about what you <sighs> felt about it all right, so Shutter picked this up, and they're produ- promoting it as like a Shutter exclusive. And I was like, oh, like it's so weird because she messaged me. She's like, hey, have you seen this? And I was like, it just popped up on Shutter, <laughs> and it's called Terrified on Shutter. Oh yeah, you talked about it last time. Um, yeah. So Terrified, uh, it is a ghost movie of sorts, like a paranormal kind of movie. It's it's got a lot of nightmare logic in it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's just technically it's really good. Story-wise, I did not like this movie at all. Like it it would be like uh like maybe a 4 out of 5, 4 out of 10 for me. There there are a lot of holes in the story and that is true. And there is also a very particular way that our movies are made, like all of them. You will have like approximately 1 hour and a half of a movie. And yeah. it will go rather slow for the first hour, hour and 10 minutes, That's... and everything else is condensed in the last 20 minutes. Every movie that we ever made is made like that. Oh, that makes and... sense because I was fucking bored after like 30 minutes. I was like, no, what is this? Is I don't know why, but um, if you ever get interested in watching movies from Argentina, you will start seeing that pattern. Even when I go to the movies to see um, Argentinian films with my sister, which is a huge fan of our films, and they're all the same. Mm. One hour is you're pretty much engaged, and then they condense everything else on the last 20 minutes, and you go like, what the fuck did just happen? And it does have a very some holes on the story because you don't know where they come from, where what happens to the the characters, um, why what does it trigger? Were they always there, just dormant? And it ends in have, the worst stupid. You don't ever see that. Yeah, and it ends in the most cliche kind of way where like there's a 
there's a scare and that's kind of it and you don't find out anything and i don't know i, I just i really th- liked the way it ended did like, you yeah it okay. was like very to me it was like you know six cents when the little guy says i see dead people it hmm. was like that spoiler it's alert it's like, right behind <laughs> you I'm yeah terrible. yeah I, I i i don't know i just like i said like i was bored for a good for about 30 minutes of it i didn't really connect with any of the characters uh I loved this, like visually, like it does. It, this movie looks like, uh, like a A-list film. That's the thing. Like this looks like a super A-list film, but it's just not. I don't know. I just didn't really like it. All right, let's get into this. How many times have you seen this movie, Brandon? Um, and where where did you first see it? I first saw it with my grandparents when I was like twelve. What terrible grandparents. What awesome grandparents. Yeah. And I've seen it probably about uh, five, six times. All right. What about you, Everett? How I far? don't know. How far do you go back with it? Like, what's your first memory of it? My first memory isn't of the movie. It's of the song. My dad's singing the song. Oh, that's spooky. <laughs> yeah. What song? Oh, wow. oh, you know, the one, my two, dad, Freddy coming uh, through. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the, the, the oh, the, okay, that ro- song. Ro- I was jump, like, are we talking about jump rope song? Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince. Oh what? man, I wish my dad was that cool. Uh, no, yeah, uh, my dad graduated in 1980, so uh, all of his references are of uh, movies of that time. Error. Perfect. Um, so uh, yeah, for some reason, my first my earliest memory is of him singing that song and talking about. He used to always talk about movies like to show off to us, you know. Mm-hmm. That's what dads do. They show off about all their knowledge. <laughs> uh, <laughs> show off. <laughs> um, no, and I, I don't remember when I first actually saw the movie. Actually, I think the first one I remember seeing was not this one. My first memory uh, is of somebody waking up on a school bus. Part uh, two. Part two. That's what it is. Yep. Um, I don't know where I was seeing it. Probably at home on TV. Okay. Um and uh, the first time I actually saw this movie, the first one was who knows. First right. time I, I mean, I, I, I w- I've watched it a few times. I, I probably watched it all the way through the last time two years ago or so. Mm-hmm. I think for uh, October. All right. What about you, Cece? Well, my first time seeing Freddy was um, at a slumber party. We used to do when we were like in sixth, seventh grade. Um, our slumber parties entail a lot of horror movies. Like you are supposed to be scared during a slumber party. And I remember watching first Freddy movie, uh, the first child played, and I believe it was Candyman. All three that night, and I've seen them more times than I would care to admit. But the, the ones that I've seen the most is one, three, and six. Okay. So my first memory of Freddy, uh, the same guy that was really into Child's Play was really into Freddy. And I caught, there's a there's a scene that's set in a, um, it's in a junkyard in part four. And I never knew which part it was until not long ago. But uh, was seeing that and then I was like, what is that? And he's like, oh, it's a nightmare on Elm Street. And I was like, what's, you know, like, tell me about it. Like, and we went up to his fort, the same fort we watched Aliens in, and we watched a nightmare on Elm Street. And uh, we didn't watch part one, though. We watched part three. 
Dream I Wars, Dream, Dream Wars. Warriors. I watched this series all out of order. Like <laughs> I saw part three. I saw then I went to New Nightmare, and then I saw part five, and then I saw part one, and then I saw two and four, and yeah. I still have yet to see part six. This is that's one of the glaring omissions of my horror <laughs> nerd. Uh, I just haven't I haven't seen it. It's Freddy's Dead, and it's the last one in canon that they did. And well, actually, mm-hmm. Freddy versus Jason is Fred's but, Dead, baby. But yeah, Fred's dead, um, Fred's dead. And I thought Freddy was uh, he was. It was so weird seeing it the way I did because he goes. He's really serious and scary here, mm-hmm. and he's like that in part two. He's very sadistic in part two and very mean. Um, Part three onward, he becomes kind of a joker. Mm-hmm. You the- you will be so surprised whenever you get to see part six because he's he's so campy. Yeah, the so opening, campy. I've seen the so opening goofy. of part six, and the opening of part six, he is literally the wicked witch on a fucking broom. Yep. Hmm. Wait, literally? Literally? Yeah, literally. Yeah. He's like he's got the makeup the and everything. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But can you still see the scars underneath the makeup? Yeah. It's just like they painted yeah. it over the like scars. See, like Caesar Romero's Joker. Like you see that just mustache. see that mustache. <laughs> you see the yeah. scars. Exactly. <laughs> exactly the same. So that was my yeah, that was my earliest memory of Nightmare on Elm Street. And I con so I I don't remember how, but somehow I ended up getting the DVD of part three when I was younger, like maybe I don't know, I think it was like maybe four, 13, 14, but my I started asking about, hey, I want to own these horror movies when I was super young. I mm-hmm. think when I was like, if I remember, I was like 10 or 11 and like every kid makes a Christmas list, right? Well, my Christmas list was a copy of Hellraiser and a, <laughs> 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 <No>. <laughs> and a Nightmare on Elm Street, um, Nightmare on Elm Street 1, 3, and I think I said 4 because... I hadn't seen four, but that was Mike's favorite. So I was like, okay. Um, yeah. So if that tells you anything about peeling back of the layers. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Suddenly everything makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. I, I was always drawn to, which is why I didn't talk about my memories of Hellraiser. Cause like I was always drawn to that cover and I was always drawn to the great box art that came along with the nightmare movies. Mm. Um, and it's just like, I, from an early age, like I wanted it, I wanted to see what that world was like. Which, speaking of the the art, like the art for this is uh, ten times scarier than the actual movie. All of them are uh, like the, the original poster with uh, the drawing of uh, Nancy laying down on the bed. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really look like Nancy; it never did. No. Um, but you see the the knives coming over her face, and there's like this face in the background that mm-hmm. looks nothing like Freddy. It's just this it, it reminds me of the uh you remember the books um from the eighties they were called uh scary stories. Yeah. Uh, yeah scary stories. Um, that art is what it reminds me of. It's scary his stories face. tell in the dark. His face yeah, 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 uh yeah, yeah. if I'm remembering right, his face in that poster looks like the scene where his face gets ripped off. Oh that's yeah. Kinda, yeah, yeah, that's kinda. I guess that is it's kind like, of what it is. It does look like, like a skeleton with eyeballs. Oh, it's, yeah. It's like the cover the poster art in the cover for part four, like it is the hat floating in the air with kind of an outline of his face, but not really an outline. It's just transparent and there's a big fucking eyeball. Mm. And you see the glove. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. 
the series has always had really a really good art like i mean the, the artists stuck with them um and recently did some uh some new posters based on it for mondo hmm yeah that's awesome so uh nightmare on elm street uh was actually it has a little bit of uh so all these some of these have a little bit of truth to them nightmare does um it comes from mm -hmm. the phenomenon known as asian death syndrome right. which which was in the 1970s where there was a group of Southeast Asian refugees um, who fled the war, came to the United States, had these awful nightmares, and some of them died in their sleep. Oh, that's fucking scary. And a young Wes Craven read about this and was always like it never left his mind. Mix along with that, a guy walking by his window late at night and just staring at him when he was a child. I've heard uh, this one, yeah. Yeah, he was he was in he was he was wearing a fedora and all and like some nasty sweater, looked like a homeless man. He was having nightmares about that guy, and that also stuck. Yeah. And then his high school bully was named Fred Krueger. Yep. And he Wes Craven uses he 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 like David Cro uh not um he like John Carpenter feels like he cannot make up names, so. Almost every hmm. name in a John Carpenter film and every name in a Wes Craven film is somebody that they know. Interesting. Mike Myers, for instance, was the guy who got the distribution deal for John Carpenter's assault on Precinct 13. And oh. as tribute for that guy, he named Mike Myers after him. So all those things together. And Wes Craven actually put Kruger, uh, like his his bully in a film previously, in uh, Last House on the Left, then hmm. the main bad guy was named Krug. Huh. So, yeah. That's, uh, and this was all shot in LA. That house, the Nancy house is real. People still go there and take pictures today. Mm. Only thing that's different is there's a red door, which they installed between part one and two. Oh. So, is the house brought back in the second? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. Okay. Let's get through the uh, first one. Yeah, uh, my my main questions, I have I wrote down lots of questions during this movie because uh, this is my first time going through it and with a notepad in my lap. So I'm, I'm mostly just curious about what is Fred doing and um, how. What do you mean, what is he doing? What is the point? Well... I want to know. I want to know, uh, I, I know what, what it is. What it is. What is how he's he? able to get it, like, it, in their dreams. It, yeah, he's in dreams. How to get there? Cece, you're gonna have to answer this one because I think that's talked about in part six, right? Yes, actually, he made a deal with dream demons. When on um, part six, you get to see a part of his life where he's a human. Why? Hmm. Why he became Freddy? The, the one that killed all those children with, you know, his blades and all of that. And before he was uh, burned to death, he made a deal with these dream demons so he could be still haunting these people on that realm. Okay, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, do you have to be sleeping to meet a dream demon? You no, know, he was. It's kind of weird how they picture it, but it's like uh, he made a deal with the devil. He wasn't asleep, he was dying. Mm, okay. okay. I would have gone for some some sick fiddle yeah, skills or something like that. Fun fact on that movie, 
Freddy Krueger's dad was played by Alice, Alice Cooper. Cooper, who wrote the theme oh. song for part who he is Freddy's dad in part six, and then he wrote the theme song for Jason part six. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah, that's funny. That's um, cool. He likes sixes. What? My sixes. Uh, uh, next question connected to that is: Are there other people with these abilities? Mm, I don't think so. Uh, no, if there are, they are not shown. But okay, no, could be. They kind of play on the idea of the dream demon, like uh, in in New Nightmare. Have you ever seen New Nightmare? No, I haven't seen any of them besides the first. Okay, so New Nightmare takes place in our world, where a dream demon takes the form of Freddy Krueger. But he is in the real world, and it is some kind of demonic entity. He looks different, too. Which, uh, speaking of, I've always taken at the end of the movie as... I always for, I always remember that it does end with the weird dream sequence at the end. Mm-hmm. But, so, I mean, I just wanted to... Is, is, is it supposed to be ambiguous uh, when she is fighting him, Kevin, style, Kevin McAllister style? Mm-hmm. Which John Hughes totally ripped off that. <laughs> yeah, right. In the um, best way. It it is meant to be ambiguous. There, um, there was no real. The problem was is there was no real ending. They couldn't figure out a good way to kill this guy again. Mm-hmm. So they kind of like that's why he just kind of falls through, and then we have the we have the obvious horror movie ending, um, the apes Friday Thirteenth Part One. Where it's like, oh, I gotcha, but did I get you? Yeah. Kind of right. thing. You later find out that she did, in fact, beat him. And there was that nightmare scene where he was still alive. He did actually get her mom, but he didn't get Nancy. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, and uh, so so if it did happen, how did he survive? How did oh, he Jesus leave, Christ. How did he leave our realm and just disappear. Like it seemed like he became a physical manifestation. He he did, but she destroyed that physical part of him, but his essence still lived on. And that's part of that plays into the second thing. Let, These rules the are just confusing. Oh man, are they ever? <laughs> there was no real rules written. Um, <laughs> right. We opened the movie with Tina. Yeah, and it's just been so long that I had forgotten that Nancy was the main character, and it seemed really? like Tina was the main character because we're starting with her. She's mm. worried. And it's like, uh, we the saw her dream. Surrounded it's kind of like her. a Janet Lee and Psycho thing. It was weird. I was like, oh, yeah, Tina. And I'm like, wait, if Nancy dies, how do they blame uh, what's his name? Because I remember him going to jail and getting mm. killed there. And so I was just confused. I'm like, when then when uh, Tina's like out there getting killed i'm like what mm-hmm. i thought what a twist i forgot <laughs> what a twist <laughs> evidently it had been long enough yeah i space out my rewatches for a reason so they're f- fresh and fresh. this worked i also thought she was the main character the first time through like i was kind of like oh wow and then whenever she suddenly dies later like that was i remember seeing that and that was really shocking i was like well who's our main character now because that guy's a jerk that guy doesn't know anything and she just kind of exists over there mm-hmm and it was she that just kind of exists over there, much like an alien with Ripley. She becomes our hero. Right. I thought that was, that was it was a cool. nice touch. Yeah. yeah. Um, remakes. Uh, this movie was remade, right? Yeah. My only uh, knowledge of it is um, I've read people's like 
complaints mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. And one complaint majorly is uh, based off of this next scene where we see the great effect of the face in the wall. Yeah. So good. It, l- it looks awesome to it, this day. It's such a cool scene and creepy and they remade it with CGI. Yeah. Yeah, and it looks kind of like the it, the CGI in that movie was not the best. I I don't understand it. I'll be honest. <laughs> Can we just stop and start making Cuz even Freddy CGI doesn't isn't he? Because of effects. What now? And the remake his effects, like his scars, they're CGI'd, right? Some of them are. Like, yeah. he has a practical makeup, but, like, there's part of his face that's actually missing in the remake. You and can they, see his, like, his teeth. And yeah, they, yeah, now that's CGI. Of course. Um, Stop remaking stuff, guys. CZ, what do you got? The only thing that I didn't like was Nancy, the actress that played Nancy. Heather Langenkamp, she's from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Really? I know, yep. but yep. doesn't she mean that because of that she's a good actress. No, I was just saying she lives here. <laughs> she did a documentary. Um, so her career is so interesting because she did this, and then that was kind of her. She did part three. She comes back part three, and she comes back for New Nightmare. But that's kind of it for her. Yeah, like mm, nothing she, else really. She she's did. done bit parts, and then she ended up doing a lot of makeup and things like that for people, and. They were like, "Oh my God, it's Heather Langenkamp," and she and they're like, "What are you doing here? Like, who are you in the movie?" And she's like, "No, oh, I'm the makeup, I'm costume, or I'm whatever." <laughs> and uh, they're like, "But you're Nancy," and so because of that, she made a documentary called "I Am Nancy," uh-huh. and it was yeah. really cool. Um, and here's how I mean, like, here's here, you want to talk about kind of like how the small part she's done. She's in Hell, New Hellraiser Judgment for literally like one minute. Hmm. Nancy from fucking Nightmare on Elm Street is in there for one minute barely anything and it's kind of like i don't know like you would think her career like jamie lee curtis would Would kind of take off off, yeah yeah maybe she didn't want to yeah i that's what i that's how i see it she didn't want it to i i don't know i i i need to visit her documentary but i know she wanted to be a working actress you also need a there's also another one on netflix it's like three hours long but it follows like the making of just the first movie i think no it's all of them it's all of them never sleep again it's nine hours long so good yeah it's eight or nine hours long yeah i have that on dvd i think i just watched part one then because the one i watched was on netflix and it was just over the first movie yeah but uh, I have to ask more questions about this guy because I'm <laughs> so curious. I'm so curious. I'm sorry. Uh, so um, we see him. Uh, what, what's the what's the what's the the Fonzie type guy? Oh, Rod. 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 Yeah. So we when he gets killed later, um, he's killed with a sheet. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's hung. He's hung. Uh, which feels like Freddy's like trying to make it just look like he killed himself. Yep. But yeah. if he's like so into revenge, why wouldn't he want these parents to know he's doing it? Because the whole point behind his lore is that he's going after the kids from Elm Street. He doesn't care that oh, the murderers get pinned yeah. on somebody. He wants to, um, spoiler alert, kill all the children from the people that burned them him alive oh so it is revenge uh, well that's what it, I it is it is revenge but it also becomes he's just killing all the kids on elm street period yeah okay. i was just well it just feels like i mean maybe i'm trying to get into the mind of a serial killer and i'm not a serial <laughs> killer but it just feels like when you're let me yawn take taking revenge for your death you i feel like you'd want to show off 
Like I think I've watched a little bit of Criminal Minds, guys. Well, the uh, I've watched the entire four, 13, 14 seasons, oh, wow. so I get it. But the kids um, like don't know he's real. It's not that he wants people to know that is him because Nancy, Tina, Rod, everyone knew that was Freddy from the dreams. But regardless of how they try to explain who he was, nobody will believe him until Nancy goes to to her mom. Mm-hmm. and tells the whole story then it all fell into place that he is from beyond the grave making us pay for doing what we did um so uh, also on to Rod's death uh so his powers seem to be he goes into people's dreams and kills them there uh but sometimes he is also able to manipulate uh objects around them like he Cuts, uh, what's her name's shirt? Tina. Oh, yeah, Tina. Uh, Tina's yeah, Tina's well, shirt. asleep. Um, and he manipulates a sheet around Rod. He does. Like, it's... it's not part of Rod. No. Like, it has nothing to do with his brain waves. No. But, but so how if you it... ever get to see the other movies, you will see how, how whenever works. you are into the sleep mode, <laughs> he can manipulate or make you manipulate things on his behalf. Of course, mm. you didn't see how Rod tied his rope against his neck at that point. But further along the series, you can still see how he makes the people, the person who is asleep, do stuff on his behalf. That happens like in part, part three. three. Part yeah. three, there's a guy that jumps off the roof, and it's because yes. Freddy has ripped out his uh, his veins, and he's, he's like, moving he's him like a, a puppet. puppet. But... <laughs> The, but in reality, you see the real, the real shot, and he's just walking kind of like a zombie and literally just jumps off the roof. Sleepwalking. Yeah. And so that's kind of how it works here. Like, Freddy can see what's around you and use your use all the things against you. Um, Everett, what did you think of the effects work in this film? Oh, the effects is some of the best stuff. Yeah, I, 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 and it's so iconic too. Like the bathtub scene, mm-hmm. we've got that. That we've got the wall coming down. Um, the main stuff I don't care about is the. It just feels cheesy. The Freddy stuff. The, the Freddy <laughs> long arms. Yeah. Was kind of, I mean, yeah. it, it's like I get it. It's supposed to feel like you're in a dream. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just <laughs> looked kind of silly. And then when he's like cutting his body, like he cuts his fingers off, it just looks so. I mean, they look like rubber hands. They. Uh, uh... And it's just so. It just feels so cheesy. Like Tina, look. Yeah, Whoop, Tina. <laughs> and then it squirts the green slime. She gets his fingers again on on part six. You see the, or no? Really? Is it part six? I thought it was five. Yep. Okay. Part six. He he's talking to his daughter, and he chops off all his fingers, all of them, <laughs> and then they magically come back. Yeah, I mean, in this one, he also cuts open his chest. Yeah, and there's like, worms in there. Uh, yeah, that's just it. Just felt so like I mean, that wouldn't scare me. It would just gross. He feels like he's trying to scare the kids, uh, and it just feels like gross. But yeah. he is trying to scare the kids Ugh. because he lives through their he fear. He lives off their fear. That's the only way he exists. That's such a man. That's such a trope. <laughs> but this uh, is where it came uh, from. I was think I was. We did a uh, what? There was another one we did recently. It, it. Oh, oh, there is it. I wasn't. What? No, I wasn't thinking of it. I feel like maybe it's one that I've already done this month. 
uh oh jeepers creepers oh yeah he it's, smells your fear. I, I was watching that and i was like that's a trope i've heard in so many movies and i yeah. can't think of what they are right now but i know they are a, a nightmare and it and feeds it. off the fear fear is what keeps freddy alive and hmm. the creepers and smells your fear but yeah uh, i liked most of them and then of course we get the <laughs> blow up doll at the end we do get <laughs> well, the, that's the best which one. is never not funny that was me. the best part the blow up doll <laughs> Yeah, that was that was that was that was something to behold. It is every <laughs> it is every time. Um, I just wonder if, like, originally, just because of the small screens and everything, they're like, okay, or, or, the the poor um, the, the poor uh, projectors and whatnot. They're like, nobody can tell this yeah. is a toy. Well, the original <laughs> idea was that it was going to be the car came alive and turned into like this big monster thing, mm-hmm. but they ran on a budget. And uh, so it was yeah. like, well, we're just this is the scare is just we're going to be pulling the mom through the window, God. because there was yeah, never but... a plan for a sequel. But because, so New Line, New Line produced this film, and New Line in the eighties at this time only did distribution, mainly for pornography and other things. But they took a chance here. Uh, Wes Craven talked Bob Shea into. To like, like, give me, give me a million dollars, and we'll do this. You know what I just noticed? Hmm. Uh, I I mentioned John Hughes earlier stealing the later scene in this movie for Home Alone. Mm-hmm. That's a new line. Film. That's a new line film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this is That's hilarious. This became Bob Shea's baby. Like the f- entire franchise he pops up in cameos all throughout the others hmm. and that's why new line is refer like this he put this was like a million dollar budget maybe slightly over a million dollars and it grossed like 25 million dollars domestically it made even more um whenever they did worldwide distribution which they would do really more or less like on the heels of part two so they could get the funding for that and new line became the house that freddie built like that's what they always call it uh, because without Freddy, New Line would not even exist. Wow. Imagine yeah. that. And that's part of... Imagine them never getting that Lord of the Rings money. Right? Um, and that's, that's part of happened. why there was so many Freddy films. Is because people showed up to see him, and he just kept making money. Uh, I, I don't know where he... St- I'm I'm going to assume he probably started to lose money about part four or part five. They even had a... Uh, didn't they have a TV show? Yeah. It was like kind of like Twilight Zone. It was Twilight... Yeah, and it was called Freddy's Nightmares. Freddy's Nightmares. And we haven't really talked about it much, but this is something that stands out about the icon, the 88's icons, is they keep coming back over and over and over again. For the money. Um... And we don't really see that much with horror movies these days. No. Nope. There's not, not really any iconic... There's not many iconic uh, characters or villains. There's not. There's not. It's kind of... because st- everything's all paranormal. Mm-hmm. I um, mean, like, minor... There are minor horror icons out there today. Like, there's the Hatchet franchise. Um, which is a really good... It's really good. But it's very underground, but there's four yeah. films of that. I mean, um, the biggest uh, horror, horror film of last year, the villain was White People. <laughs> Get out, yeah. There just isn't... There isn't that thing. Like, I think right now, honestly, if you... I guarantee you, the biggest horror icon in the world right now, in the general population's mind, is Pennywise. Okay, yeah, probably. Yeah. 
Yeah, you see them in the Halloween stores. So that makes sense. Um, hmm. Yeah, it's weird. I don't. I don't. I. I don't know. I'm not saying it's a negative or a positive. It's just weird. Right. Um. I mean, I talk about writers being lazy these days. I mean, they just kept writing the same character in different movies. They did write the same character, but they changed him. They changed him a lot through the, yeah, mm-hmm. like he kept making a lot of money. Um, Freddy evolves, Freddy, Freddy, Freddy evolves. Whereas like Jason stays the same. Uh, but do the Michael's. movies still get campy? I, I got Halloween's probably the only one that doesn't get campy over time, right? Yeah. Halloween never gets campy. Jason gets campy for one movie. Uh, well, I guess two. He I'd gets, say two. Yeah, he gets campy for two. He gets campy in part six and campy in Jason X where he goes to space. <laughs> or even uh, Jason Goes to Hell. I don't think that's campy. That that movie is fucking terrifying. Like, there are campy elements, but that movie is... I just, the, the opening scene is, to me... Where they blow him up? That and, like, how, like, I don't Yeah. Just that whole scene. Yeah, yeah. We last year we did the Universal Monsters, which they did that with. They kept bringing all those guys. But every movie you'd see Frankenstein die, and every movie he'd come back. Um, and then this was kind of the the new Universal Monsters. It was like different the, companies putting them out, but still. Which is so interesting because a lot of these guys, Sean Cunningham, um, Wes Craven, Sean Cunningham did Friday the Thirteenth. Um, Wes Craven, they did Nightmare. Uh, John Carpenter, they did Halloween. And then Toby Hooper that did uh, Leatherface or uh, Tom Holland and Don Man City that did Child's Play. They all existed in the same circle. Like hmm. um, John Carpenter went to school with uh, with Craven and Spielberg and a couple others. And it's, I don't know, our directors of these things that give us, that give us things that are memorable and that... Um, are everlasting like these these things will never go away the directors will though like people forget about them um and Mm. it's 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 a shame because one time there's a story recently john carpenter walked up to william shatter never met william shatter always wanted to meet william shatter big big fan right Mm -hmm. um and he went up to him and of course william shatter is the mask of michael myers oh yeah and uh he was like hi he's like i'm john carpenter like went to shake his hand and William Shatner didn't even really look at him and he's like oh hi nice to meet you and that was that and it's just like (laughs) yeah it's like dude like I don't know and that happens with a lot of directors people don't know them like you know it's kind of like composers yeah 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 for sure they just know their work they don't know them yeah really you have Lucas and Spielberg are probably the two biggest names Jackson uh yeah Nolan's pretty big these days Polanski. You could. Yeah, probably more so for negative things. <laughs> Kubrick. Kubrick. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but Kubrick is dead. I mean, if you find Kubrick now, then something went wrong. <laughs> well, we're just talking about in general. But yeah. yeah. Um, back to back to this. We get an, an, a very young Johnny Depp. Yeah, introducing First Johnny movie, Depp. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And uh, he's, an, he's okay. He's okay. Yeah, this was her crybaby was. No, this was this, 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 yeah, this okay. is it. Yeah, said introducing. Yeah. Hey, Hall- Halloween six did that, and it wasn't Paul Rudd's first movie. Yeah, they, well, it they, was they fucking, technically. They fucking was... goosed us on it. I know it got released. Yeah, late. we talked about it. Got shelled. Yeah, <laughs> they fucking um, goosed us. 
So if we get a young, young Johnny Depp. Uh, also, the guy who paid, played Rod, uh, I watched in that documentary, he lied about his ethnicity and like his background, mm-hmm. changed his name because he was like a Cuban, like a child of a Cuban uh, immigrant family. Mm-hmm. And they're like, he was like, I think it was agent told him like, no one's going to hire a Cuban immigrant, which is pretty yeah. fucked up. Cause <laughs> pretty sure Wes Craven she, went on to say like, I would have hired you. <laughs> isn't this after his name was, Scarface? Uh, Jesus yeah. Garcia mm-hmm. and yeah. he changed it to Nick Corey. Nick Corey. Yeah. Nick Corey. That's hmm. right. I don't know. Freddy Krueger in this is terrifying. Like his makeup looks, his makeup looks good, but it parts like it doesn't look bad, but it looks super real. Yeah. No, Whereas, yeah, like later, well, it doesn't it's look very real. close to his real face. Yeah. Like his real skin. Yeah. I the one scene that like scared me with his makeup is I want it. It's it's either the, it's either the, the I think it's the long arm scene and it's like a camera like painting up to him and, and you see like, the light behind him laughing and you can see like pieces of his skin hanging like off hanging off his that. fucking face. Yeah. So fucking scary. Uh, yeah, no, I mentioned when we were talking about Child's Play, I said, I think this might be the scariest uh, character, mm-hmm. but mm, I'm pretty sure Freddy. I think I changed my, changed my opinion during You're that gonna podcast. Change. You're going to change. You're going to change. At that go. time, but I think Freddy's the scariest, probably, hmm. uh, for a couple reasons. He does just look creepy, like he's he's ugly and hard to look at. He's got the knife hand. Um, he's not he's not covering his face. Uh but yeah, I wish he was honestly. <laughs> um, and you can't sleep like every, that's you one of the get few away things people need to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, yeah, there's not really any way to escape him. Yeah. He, like you, like we said, you can you just punt Chucky, punt Chucky, run away from Jason, run away from Michael. Don't open the box. Don't, <laughs> Don't open do the, the fucking box. box. Yeah. No. And, but with, but with Freddie, like he's with you all the time. Mm hmm. All you time. cannot escape yeah. at all. Yeah. I'd well, pull him out uh, and kick his ass. Apparently, so, <laughs> you just have to leave Elm Street is what I'm getting from <laughs> Maybe. Kind of. <laughs> I think I think he follows you do if you lived on Elm Street. Every time on Elm Street. So as long as you've lived on it at one point. Yeah, maybe. Um, I don't know. Um, Everett, talk to me about the music in this movie because recently you made a comment. You found the score so distracting. Uh, yeah. Uh, mainly... Was it still um, very distracting this time around? Yeah, well, it just drags... Yeah, because well, the piano music is very scary to me. I find the actual the theme, like, haunting. Mm-hmm. It's very creepy. Um, but, so it does, like... That does pull me out a little bit because I'm like, ooh, it's so scary. But the actual, like, all the loud synthesizer effects are so bizarre and random to me. Like, it never really feels like... It feels like it's supposed to be like a jump scare moment with those things, and it just doesn't work. It's just like, ugh, what what just happened? Not that I don't like random synthesizer stuff. I mean, I, I like electronic music, so uh, right. I, you'd think I'd be into that, but not during the movies. So New Lion was pissed about this score. Oh, wow. Um, they gave... Um, I think his name is Charles Bernstein. They gave him a lot of money to do to do the score mm-hmm. and there it was never said but in their minds it was going to be one or be going to be an orchestral score really the dude just went out and bought a couple new synthesizers and like okay this is going to be this craven really loved the score and fought for the, to keep the score in the movie um 
whereas New Line, they wanted to do, they wanted to redo it all, but there was no time. They had to get the movie out. They were out of money, um, which worked out for which worked out for Craven because he got what he wanted. But with every subsequent, you say the theme, the piano theme, right? Mm-hmm. Every subsequent Nightmare on Elm Street, New Line was never happy with the score. They brought Christopher Young in from Hellraiser to do part two. Um, they brought and uh, Angelo Bellamenti from Twin Peaks fame to do part three and so on and so forth. And by part six, they're bringing in uh, Brian May from Queen to awesome. do the score. And they were never happy with any of them. And the only one that ever revisited the quote Freddie theme, the piano thing was part four. And it does some really interesting synthesizer stuff with it and part two if you sit down and listen to that score or just watch the movie it's very it relies on flutes oddly enough (laughs) yeah it's uh, weird yeah there's part two is just a weird movie though it relies on a lot of flutes and a lot of like big orchestral moments for moments that should not have or orchestra behind them it's Mm kind of weird but he was like okay well this is what you want like this is what i'll do and kind of over went over a bit Mm -hmm. um yeah, so New Line never felt they got the Nightmare score that they wanted until um, New Nightmare and Freddy vs. Jason. And even still, they had problems with New Nightmare because that was Wes had. Craven. That was whenever he came back. So um, you asked how Freddy came back, right? Yep. So part two, Cece, you're going to have to help me with some of these, Okay. Okay. Part two, he comes back because his essence is still alive in the house. Yeah. They move in like five years later. This new family does. Uh, is it for, it's okay. five, yeah, yeah. It's five years I later. Think I think you're right. I recently watched this and I took. I did too. Like, I took notes. A couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah, you're right. Five years later, Freddie's essence is still in the house. There is a weird sexual dance cleaning room cleaning montage. Where the, you're just watching whole, a guy, dude. The whole movie has such weird tones to it. Like, it's, it's so weird. It okay. So the undertone is uh is all about L- LGBT. It um. But they won't. But they but they wouldn't admit it. They wouldn't admit. They, it then admit they it. do now because yeah. the lead star, the guy they got, is gay, and the writer of that one was also gay, and it was kind of like, like they couldn't be out in uh, at that time. It was not Hollywood was a different place. The world right. was a different place. And it was kind of like it was okay, so here's the theme is like you are living a lie and the person you are is a hollow existence. Um, it's not your true self, right? So in this film, Freddie comes back into the real world by possessing this man this little this kid that lives in Nancy's room. Mm. And so that's kind of the that's a symbolism. And at one part, he literally cuts himself out of the boy. It's a really oh. cool scene. Yeah. Yeah. It's- that is a cool scene. But the whole I I didn't like uh, the second installment at all. Yeah. It, it's such me, a weird film. It was, it was one of the worst. Like, there's one scene where he's out and he goes to, like, a gay bar and he runs into his gym teacher there. But it's, yep. yeah, he runs into his gym te- yeah. teacher, but it's a nightmare. <laughs> but it's a nightmare, yeah. They're just it's, sharing they're the dreams. Sharing the dreams, yeah. Interesting. But it's yeah, it walks into a gay bar and it looks like Hellraiser. Hmm. Um so With all the leather and everything, yeah. 
And how Freddy's defeated in that film is uh, through love, through compassion, through mm-hmm. acceptance. It's kind of, it's strange. I don't know. I like the ideas presented there. I think it's, I honestly think I like part two more than some of the others. Um, <laughs> it's not the bottom of the barrel for me, even though it is for a lot of Friday fans. Uh, all right. So part three, this is why I was telling you we should watch part three is because Nancy comes back and yep. she's a, uh, she's a ther- She's a dream therapist. What's the, what's the time jump between part one and three? I think I think about seven years, ten years. Yeah, it's because like seven she, years. she has graduated from college. So it's just she's a two years after the second one. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. Um. So how does Freddy come back in that one? Are they just dreaming about him still, keeping him alive, or is there like a resurrection scene like there is in two? No, I think that to me that movie plays out to the collective madness kind of thing okay i mean they they live in a mental institute where freddie's mom was killed mm-hmm. where he was born uh sister mary helen i think he was so there is a connection of freddie on that place but how it those kids got to uh start dreaming about him is not clear i think well, that they elm have street some kids. sort of connection with elm street at some point yeah, yeah. they're all elm street they're like they, they bring in a new kid who like just started having nightmares about freddie if Kristen. i remember correctly yeah. and she can pull people into her dreams yeah and she was like <laughs> right. talking to uh nancy about it mm-hmm. and she for some reason song. she's the one that i always forget about it's Kristen. <laughs> she was one of my favorite parts of that film uh, so in part three, right, uh, they, part three is where it should have ended because mm-hmm. Nancy dies. She's killed at the very end by Freddie, but through saving these kids, right? But f- her dad is also back in this and they bury his bones on hollow ground and he, he, his existence dies. Like he, there's no way he should ever come back, Right. right? Um, like that made a very logical conclusion. Like that feels like this should have been it. And that's why I was like, that's why I kept pushing you to watch part three whenever we were going to do this. Gotcha. However, part four, um, the surviving kids of part three have like this fear of him returning. Like Kristen is, it was Kristen, Kincaid and Joey. They survived three out of like the five dream warriors. Um, and, Kristen just has this very illogical fear that, oh, he's back, oh, he's back at every turn. And she's like staying up for days and freaking out. And through her fear, he comes back. And oh boy. this is where more so than part. So in part three, the funniest scene is where probably Freddie produces his hands to look like syringes. It got. Yeah. Did you hear about what like right. that scene caused? No, tell me about it. Okay, that that one scene, I think it's in Australia or Austria, mm-hmm. it caused that movie to get banned. I think it was Australia. Australia. Yeah. It got overturned, but because it's not a fucking gory movie or anything, but just because of that one scene, 
promoting over like overdosing on drugs yeah he, his, his hands become needles and he's like let's get high and it's kinda, <laughs> but it's like uh like that's where he kind of this the jokester starts coming in or like mm-hmm. he picks up a girl and he's like who wants to be an actress and he's like welcome to prime I'm time dying, bitch. bitch and he throws her head through a tv he, he like becomes the tv like it's yeah. cool <laughs> i'm pretty sure i have the action figure that has the needle that's cool ne- the needle glove so he in part four he becomes even more comical right and something else is kind of he becomes he starts appearing more like i actually wrote down his appearances in part two he shows up in the first five minutes and then eight minutes later then 12 minutes later then 10 minutes later and then we get an entire half hour without freddie and then he's back for the final last six minutes of the film Mm -hmm. but in part four he's not in it until about the 18 minute mark and then he literally shows up every five to six minutes gotcha because he has a lot is that the one worth is that the one with the pizza pizza like the pizza diner like he's in the diner and it's like the pizza oh is that yeah that one? yeah okay yeah because yeah, in part four he has a lot of like like he's he said like like comical a lot of one-liners mm-hmm. yeah yeah so that's why i He's in a shit ton in that movie. And <laughs> yeah, this... well, I always say that the best villains are hidden. Like usually, like the, oh, if there's no. a mystery he's just to gonna it, hang out with and you, man. In this movie, yeah, he's like, well, he's, I think, he's not shown a lot. I think the reason why they gauge towards making him more like campy and just funny is because of like the traction he was gaining so much. Like, he was everywhere, and and just right, I mean, in America, like he was becoming kind of like a household name, and they kind of play on. They do play on that in New Nightmare. They do, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I, mean, I mean, shit. He even got his own fucking TV show that happened with Friday Thirteenth too, which I just remember, but had nothing to do nothing with Jason. Nothing to do with Jason. Yeah. Nothing at we'll all. Talk, to do we'll with talk it. about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. So, okay, so then we get to part five, and supposedly at the end of part four, he's, oh, right, so it's called the Dream Master, right? And they tell you this legend. Bob Shea shows up in a classroom to tell you the legend of the Dream Master and how they can control, it's like two doors, right? And there's one Dream Master that protects the good, and then there is a Dream Demon that opens the door for the the bad and is always trying to get into into the good side kind of thing. And literally at the end of the movie it's kind of like i don't believe in you anymore or like i'm taking your power away kind of like part one right Mm -hmm. and it's through this character named alice now here's where it gets weird in part five alice is having a child she's pregnant obviously Mm -hmm. and he comes back through the dreams of her child because they say as a baby your babies are always dreaming Mm -hmm. when they're in development and it's called the dream child right and titular dream child yeah, yeah and that creates movie, him that movie ends with freddie's mom defeating him because yeah what freddie's mom sequel. comes back as uh as like a, a holy entity and defeats him in the dream realm huh yeah it it gets weird and in that one also freddie is made to look his makeup's made to look like an old man like his skin is sagging and all this stuff they tried to show that he's been around too long and his powers and everything else is losing and so by possessing the baby he can have a new life (laughs) all right now Cece, this is where i need you to come in how does he come back in part six and explain to me about part six and his daughter part six okay uh starts with uh a guy on a plane 
and all of a sudden the plane starts crashing down and like everything is off and a little girl in front of his seat turns around and says something like he's not gonna let you go and then this guy wakes up in the middle of the road and sees freddy on a school bus um running him over oh yeah i remember this one now i remember part six and with that part and he uh freddy running him over is like he leaps into the actual world like this guy was dreaming at one point and now he is in the middle of a road so confusing with amnesia (laughs) and wandering with just a few bucks on his pocket and an article Mm-hmm. Is, this the, is this the first one? Wife. Is this the one where they're in the town that has no kids? Yes. Okay. This is the I I remember I watched this one not too long ago. Yeah, because I remember uh, Roseanne and Tom Arnold have that's a, right. Have a and scene. Johnny Depp's back too. Yeah, Johnny Depp's back in it. What? Uh, for a mm-hmm. cameo. For a cameo. Was, um, I think he he was filming Crybaby, mm-hmm. and he did that cameo because he's. He was friends with uh, Rachel, that is the director. Yeah, it was directed by a woman. Yeah, it's the only film that was directed by a woman. This is my favorite Freddy movie, like wow. of all time. Even if it's cheesy, this this is the movie that scared me the most when I was a kid. Is this the one with the Q-tip scene, or is that Dream Warriors? Yes, oh, yes. That's fucking scary. That is scene. exactly okay. All of his scene are the ones that scares me the most. The one with the Q-tip and the one where Freddy throws all the pins on the floor. Yeah, when he has his... Yeah. his head starts, like, you know, getting deformed. It's a and then guy. when he passes his claws over a blackboard, his he head like, literally explodes. Oh, like, wow. He, like, <laughs> takes his... Uh, he takes his hearing aid and, like, pretty much makes it a part of his ear like he can't fucking pull it off and turns it up all the way and like she said like drops pens and needles and it sounds like bombs oh, to him. and then like scratches <laughs> on the vein and then like yeah it's hey there's yeah. one part five i believe it's part five where he gets the nintendo power glove and he goes into a video game and puts drops the kid in the video game and he smashes the kid and then he's like cool graphics now I'm playing with power like says the fucking line because I think they came out I think they came out with a a game that's why he's playing some sort of game from Nintendo then it is six yeah Yeah, it's six and they did this because there was a Friday there was a nightmare game coming out yep through Nintendo (laughs) god yeah they marketed the shit out of Freddy he's easily the most I I say he's the most marketable '80s horror icon. But uh, but, but now they can't make, guys. They can't make more after this one, right? It's called the Final Nightmare. It is they called can't the Final. Now here's okay. So here's the thing. Okay, he is the most marketable because Wes Craven. Whenever he set out to design him, he wanted all the killers, all the icons at the time, minus Pinhead, which at this time didn't exist. Yeah, had masks. Mm-hmm. He wanted somebody that did not really have a mask and could be, you could see the human there and he could talk to you. And he felt like that was more chilling, but he was somewhere between human and demon. Um, so final nightmare. Right. And at the end of this, he dies. Everything of goes, course. everything goes away. And I don't know how he dies. I, but I do know 
they did it in 3D. Oh god. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. This this was the only movie that they did on 3D and they were not going to do another movie after this because of the bust that number 5 was. So, like if you I think if you look in Rotten Tomatoes it only has like 20%. It was a really bad movie. And then, so they say, okay, we, Freddie is not going to survive the 90s. Yeah. He's not going to make it. Um, horror movies are way different now, and he needs to die. So, yeah, he filmed it on 3D, and one of the marketing strategies for this movie was to do a funeral for Freddie. That's right, and they had Freddie Day, National Freddie Day. Yeah, but that was uh, afterwards, in, I, I believe in California, but uh, for a press release, they did a funeral where it was a casket with Freddy's glove and his hat. They called on the press and they did it on, oh crap, where was it? Oh, I'm very famous, the cemetery in California or something like that. Okay. But that is how they marketed it. Okay. This this movie. So he dies in that one, mm-hmm. and that's the end of continuity at the time. Okay. So oh, then new. It was Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Okay. So that's the end of continuity at the time, and they do New Nightmare because mm-hmm. Wes Craven agrees to come back to do one more, but he doesn't want to make a Freddy film, but he wants to use the likeness, and that's where. It takes place in our world. It's a demon entity that has just taken the form of Freddy. And Heather Langenkamp and all these actors and actresses are in there. Even Wes Craven is in there, but they're all playing themselves. It's an interesting movie. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting idea. He kind of tried to rewrite the rules like he did with, would eventually do with Scream. And he wanted to make Freddy, like, scary. Yeah, and he, he is. And he is. He doesn't have the hat. He doesn't have, he wears, like, a trench coat. He has, like, a new, like metal like hand it's his hand it's like a hand that's like a claw still but it's like all metal yeah and he has he has the hat for part of it for part of it but majority of it uh, he doesn't yeah majority of it he doesn't if you're if you're not looking at the poster right now the poster fucking scared me as a kid because it's just his it's just like his eyes Mm -hmm. but they're like i don't know it's really just look different yeah so then 1994 comes along and jason goes to hell comes out and they're like ah like by this time, New Line has bought Friday the 13th because Sean Cunningham put it up for sale because they weren't going to make any movies part past part eight. He was kind of done with it. New Line bought it up, and they put the Freddy glove in at the end of part nine where there's a hand that reaches up and grabs Jason's mask and it pulls it down in 1994. Can you hear Freddy's laugh? Yeah. Nine-year gap. Nine years. Dude, yeah, it went through they, so much shit. They had they like tried, five five concepts. They had more. They had they had nearly actually twenty concepts and seven fully developed scripts. Jesus. And then came Freddy versus Jason. Mm-hmm. And he comes back. He so his essence is kind of just floating in the nether, right? And you figure out when Jason kills somebody, he essentially takes their souls to this closet. And mm-hmm. in this kind of nether realm that he kind of, that's part of his power. Like that's where he draws part of his power from. Right. Mm-hmm. So Freddie eventually finds his way into this realm. It's not really shown how exactly, but he does. And he starts impersonating Jason's mom and telling Jason to kill for him. 
and he tells him to go to Elm Street and start killing the kids because if he can get the kids on Elm Street scared again, there's enough people that live in the area to get the Freddy rumor going. Like, is he back? Isn't he back? And you find out the police and all that were people that lived on Elm Street around the time that Nancy did, and they have tried to smash like any and all evidence of Freddy. You do not say the name Freddy or Krueger. Like, it's just not allowed. And, of course, Freddy comes back, and Jason just won't stop doing his job because Jason's just fucking killer, right? And he's kind of brainless, but... You get into the kind of a little bit of the psyche of both of them, and it's it's pretty interesting. Like I think that is by far the most interesting Freddy or Jason film. It's fun. It has its scary points, and then at the very end, you get about a good thirty minute monster mash where you just watch them kick the living hell out of each other and anybody else that gets in between. Where first they do battle in Freddy's realm, and then they do battle here, and it's just so it's parts of it are cheesy, but if you imagine it like an eighties. B movie monster mash. It's a lot of fun. And I forgot to say at the beginning of this podcast, I've seen a good amount of this one. Okay, on television. It's All surprising right. to me, like, or surprising to say this, but uh, it has really good action. That movie. It does. <laughs> it's really fucking good action. <laughs> it does. Uh, and it was done by Ronnie Yu, who directed Bride of Chucky. So, mm-hmm. and then that's the that is the that is the end of Freddy. That is. His story is done forever. He exists in Jason's closet. And then they made Jason X, which takes place after Freddy versus Jason. And that's the final Jason film. And then they did the Nightmare remake. And things get controversial here. So it it is essentially a monster mash of one through three. It borrows concepts and imagery from those. And Jackie Earl Haley, who's a really good actor, plays Freddy. Mm-hmm. And they try to make him scary again. And in the original Nightmare, they present Ch- uh, Freddy as a child murderer. Well, by the by the time you get to part six, you realize he was actually a child molester and murderer. Right. I remember this uh, when reading up on it several years back, that yeah. it was going to be in the original but, but because then they pulled it because of some controversy. There was there an was, actual... There was an actual child molester murderer running around. And this sounds yeah. ridiculous to me because I'm like, what's the difference? Like, he's killing and molesting. It's still a guy... Bad. Going after, a terrible person <laughs> going after children. Yes. Like, I don't see why that... <laughs> they Wes have to Craven, pull that. Well, Wes Craven felt like if he did that, he was cashing in on that kind of controversy controversy and, and the movie would be on those popular fears. yeah and the yeah. people the movie would be popular just based on that uh, okay and uh so in the nightmare remake which i think out of all the so they've remade texas chainsaw mm-hmm. which i think is way better than the original yeah me too um i think and then there is the friday the 13th remake which i think is mostly garbage as shit and then there is, is there any other Halloween. Halloween? There's a Halloween and I really like that. We'll talk, but wow. we'll talk about that. Um, and then there's nightmare. And I, I think nightmare is, there's a lot of interesting ideas here. I think it is better than Friday. I don't like it as much as Halloween, but it's not a horrible movie. If you can just get past um, a little like slight changes in the character of Freddy and because they make him more they play with you for a while they make you think maybe he's a victim but then they flip it and he's not a victim you realize he is all these terrible things they've been saying and 
Yeah. Do you agree with him, Brandon? What? That do you fi- find it interesting or like at it being okay? Okay. It's okay. I mean, I've it's only not great. I've, it's not great. It's not. I've only seen it one and a half times. Mm-hmm. Caught the last half on TV and watched it one time. So I'm talking about the Rotten Tomatoes things, and I imagine CC's going to line up uh, with with this when I first mention it. Yeah, probably the the remakes the very on the very bottom. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. She it's the blasphemous movie. It's just, it shouldn't have ever been made. It's the, just like I don't know. Like when I think of Freddy, I think of how he is through part four or part like three through six or seven or like how he's kind of funny and then this one they like he said they tried to make him scary he's more like the new nightmare freddy or the original nightmare freddy Mm -hmm. and i i don't know like i like jackie earl haley's portrayal i like the makeup a lot his voice is his voice is like it's creepy it's like it's like southern like backwoods kind of it's like kind of like got, got a twain to it and it's really deep and gravelly yeah there's, but there's no alterations it's just his voice um and i don't know like i think there are some kills in there that are really cool there's some really cool imagery uh like they kind of do the the classroom tina kill again but they make it more more in line with how wes originally wanted to do it where like she would kind of wake up and like or she would fall asleep and the whole classroom would just turn to ash all around her and like her friends would slowly kind of like fade away. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's some cool imagery in there. Like it's the greatest hits. All the remakes, all the Platinum Dune remakes, Texas Chainsaw, Friday the 13th, and uh, and Nightmare are greatest hits essentially of all the all those icons. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. Cece, you hated it and tell me all about why. The main reason, and this is going to sound very narrow-minded, and I know it, uh, Freddy is Robert Englund. There mm-hmm. is no Freddy without Robert Englund. I, that is my point of view. I can totally agree on this point, because as a, f- a huge fan of uh, Sam Raimi and Evil Dead 2, uh, you can't replace ash williams mm-hmm. like that. exactly i mean it's not like for example uh, this is gonna touch some sore spot but for example in batman mm-hmm. you have very different jokers and all of them did good i mean for me particularly the one that i love the most is jack nicholson mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that it the that show that role replaced by um, Heath, Heath Ledger was was bad. The thing is, would you go and see an alien movie without Sigourney Weaver? Yes. As a as a main lead character with her still being alive. You mean like? And he's trying to replace the first movie. Like if would they you? if they are you saying like if they recast Ripley? Uh huh. Yeah, I would. I would. Oh, shut up. No, I would. Do you? Um, I, it would not be the same. And like, I would probably have some, I would definitely have some baggage that would come along with it. I would go see it just to see it, but I totally understand because nobody else is going to ever be Ripley in my mind, but Sigourney Weaver. But I feel like, I, f- I feel like because of how, because of how, mm, like Freddie is from is otherworldly and he has all the makeup and whatnot. It can be, there is an actor or actors out there that could do 
a good job at a, a Freddy take. And that's kind of what I feel like Jackie Earl Haley gave us. Like he didn't give us, he didn't copy Robert England. He did his own take on it. Just like you're talking about Jack Nicholson to Heath Ledger. They did their own takes on it. But uh, I see what you're saying. He's such an icon and so associated with right. that role. You he can't... is the icon because the, yeah. the icon is his face. Yeah. And you can't, you can't, you can't re, you can't redo that. And I do, I, I agree with you there. Bottom line is though, eventually we're going to get a nightmare remake that's going to be successful with somebody else in it because it's too, it's too popular. The thing is you will get another movie made, but people like me that went to see Freddy because of Robert Englund will still stand its point. There will be no other Freddy better than him. I agree. So everything else that is going to be done, even if it's impeccably created and it's a masterpiece, it will not be the same. Do you it know will not be the same person. We're about to have the same problem in two in a very different realm. Uh actually two. And uh that's with Wolverine and Iron Man. Mm. Right. Yeah, Tom Hardy, he turned it down. But well, like to do Venom, but I mean I still think he could do it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. He could do a Wolverine, but I'm just saying, like, Hugh Jackman is Wolverine. Yeah, like, right. And just like Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. Yeah, so I don't know. So tell us about the Rotten Tomatoes score, Everett, because I know you've got it pulled up on your phone and you are dying to go through it. Yes. The remake is the very last. Dead last. Next to that, be up above that Part is six. Final Nightmare. Yep, a 20%. 5% more of critics liked it than the remake. Um, then after that is number five, mm-hmm. the dream child. Yeah. 32% audience. Part uh, two. Part two. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. All right. 40%. Oh, 33. I'm, I'm trying to guess. We're trying to guess. Okay. Part next two. One. Next one would be part four. Nope. Really? Part three. Nope. Part one. Nope. What am I missing? Oh, new nightmare. New nightmare. Nope. Freddy versus Jason. Freddy versus Jason. Count, you know, we count that one. 41%. <laughs> Of of critics, fifty fifty percent of audience. Okay, like then number half four. of the audience. Then number four, fifty seven percent of critics, forty three percent of audiences. Then, then number three, three and then number one, and not number one. You forgot. New Nightmare is the second. Oh, yeah. Is the second highest rated. Seventy eight percent of critics liked it. Sixty six percent of audiences, and then the first at ninety four percent, which is um, certified fresh, and eighty three percent of audiences enjoy the movie. Hmm. Cool. Yep, Interesting. yep, 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 yep. It only has three movies that are fresh on both critic and audience sides. Oh, wow. Yeah. New Nightmare in Part 3. Mm-hmm. Which I'm telling you, like, that's the trilogy. Like, if you ever just want to, if you just want to watch. That really is the only ones you should watch. Yeah. like it does explain it all. That's that's the Nancy story, and then it's the real world story. And Part 3, like I said, should have been the ending. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have kept going. I don't know. But money. Yeah, That's money. Exactly. Bob yeah. Bob Shea had to get that money. Had to get that money. <laughs> Got to fund that Lord of the Rings. Yeah, for, <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah. All right. Anybody have any other notes on Nightmare? Does, uh... Or do you have any other questions? I don't know if you asked all your questions. Um, my only other question is, why wasn't there a dragon in this movie? Uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> That's the way to end a but, horror movie, fun, guys. Fun, fun fact, on number six, Freddy does say, come to daddy. Oh, my oh. God. Oh, that's right, because he's got a daughter. Yep. So before they they are fighting and she eventually kills him, but 
when they start fighting, he says, come to daddy. And I immediately said, this is going to be something that Matt needs to watch. Yeah, got it. All right. Oh, uh, yeah. By the way, if he, if they, if I was in Elm Street, I'd just have all the kids lobotomized. Can't survive if there's none of the kids. Can't, they, X. He can't survive if they don't have fear, Matt. Thank you, Professor X. Thank you. you got all these kids they running around because they don't have fear. They're going to be fucking breaking their goddamn dreams. bones because they're not scared of jumping off the roof. Hey. They're going to die. They're going to fucking they, die that way, you, you can uh, uh, To die would be an awful great adventure. They're like, oh, wow. No, I can't, I can't OD on heroin. I'm not scared of anything. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, don't just procreate wait. <laughs> and that's it. If you live on the street. Are you pitching a movie? Are you pitching the remake right now? No, I did actually have a. I actually did have a dream the other night. Have you guys seen Bright? No. Oh, the Will Smith. Will Smith. Movie? Yeah. No. I pretty much had a dream that was like the sequel to Bright. I pretty much wrote it just in my head. <laughs> and then you wrote it down afterwards, sent it to your favorite writers and directors. For real though, I mean, the short story is that I was a cop uh, trying to find a new drug, and it was called Dragon's Breath. All right. It made you like breathe Let's, out embers, right. but yeah, Brandon, it was I'm crazy. Get you together, we're <laughs> it was crazy. Produce man. a new podcast. You gotta do it. You're gonna, <laughs> you gotta do it. Gonna be a narrative podcast. Do you know what'd be fun? Like, it'd be fun to like do a podcast where it was we were writing sequels for things or remakes for things, and we we it's a pitch Just podcast. Ideas. Like, yes. it's like hey, if you really like it, idea. you can you can come really. Buy it. Yeah, I, I would do should, it. I would totally do it I because totally I want to. I want to. The first episode, I want to pitch a Bugs Afterlife. <laughs> it's I all like, like it. I like, like it. Like a seven-day yes. lifespan. <laughs> this has been a Second Mob podcast. For more audio content or information on this podcast, please visit secondmob.com. Bada bing, bada boom.